0: Blessed assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. Put your hands together and celebrate the Lord. Joshua chapter 14, the verse number 6 the verse number 15. Let's read all our scripture. Last Monday, I could not preach my message, so I want us to attempt to do that today. Joshua chapter 14, the verse number 6, the verse number 15. The Bible says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, and the Akizanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses concerning you and me in Kadesh-Barnea I was 40 years old when the servant when Moses the servant of the Lord said to me in Kadesh-Barnea to spy out the land and I brought back word to you I brought back word to him as it was in my heart and nevertheless nevertheless my brother my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you wholly followed the Lord your God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day 85 years old as yet i am as strong this day as i was on that day that moses sent me just as my strength was then so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in now therefore give me the mountain of which the lord spoke in that day for you heard in the day how the anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified it was it may be that the lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said and Joshua said to him and, and Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh as an inheritance Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kizanite, on that day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel and the name of Hebron formerly was Kejesh Abba Abba was the greatest man among the Anakim Then the land had rest from a war. Hallelujah. Now, whilst you're standing with me, I want us to open our Bibles again to uh, the book of John. Let's read James chapter 4, the verse number 2, the last line. James chapter 4, the verse number 2, the last line. In fact, let's read the whole of James chapter 2. James chapter 4, verse 2. James chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet, if the Bible is yours, I want you to underline this next phrase, yet, you do not have because you do not ask, yet, you do not have because you do not ask, hallelujah, hallelujah, are you underlining someone, are you underlining, Yet, you do not what? You do not what? Because you do not ask. Let's jump to the book of John. Let's read the chapter number 16. Verse number 23 to the verse number 24. John chapter 14, 23 to 24. John chapter 16, 23 to 24. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. If the, verse, if the Bible is yours, you didn't borrow it. The verse number 24, underline it. The Bible says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name and you will receive. It says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name then Jesus if your Bible is correct it will be in red if it's in black it's still a powerful Bible but the Bible makes us understand Jesus was the one speaking he says until now you have asked nothing in my name then he says Ax. Say your neighbor, Ax. Ask. ask ask and you will receive and you will receive that's your joy that's your joy may be full, may be full today. I want us to deal with something. We started on Monday. Give me my mountain. Now, what we are looking at is the audacious request. Mm. The axe, the axe. Now, before you take your seat, I want you to understand something. When Caleb and Joshua got into the promised land. The people that had the promise of God, including Moses, all of them had passed away. Mm. There were only two people that were witnesses to the testimony of the 12 men. Mm. The 10 who made the people's hearts melt and the two who wholly followed God and gave a right and a good report. Mm. The Bible says that because of their confession, God promised that all of them would die. with me so when they got into the promised land there were only two people that had memory that had experiential knowledge of what had happened in the wilderness back then so it was right for Caleb to speak to Joshua and remind him of the promise that God made because it was possible that after 45 years engaging in battle leading an army dividing inheritance you may have forgotten the word that god gave me and god gave you and the bible says that when they got there he saw the mountain that was promised to him he reminded joshua and he says now give me many of us have never made a request for our destiny to be free have your seat many of us we are dealing with destiny limitation. But many of us have never made a request. Gone to God in prayer to say, Father, this particular thing I want. This particular thing, deal with it for me. This particular thing, set me free from it. And you explain when you say, Yes, yes, man of God, I don't know. Last night I was praying. Last night I was praying. And God knows that before I came to this camp, God knows that I've asked him this and this and this and this and this. So, you know, man of God, it seems like you are slightly off because you have been asking, Pa. Oh, I don't have a witness like that in the church. If you have been asking, Pa, lift up your hand. Now, one of the things that I want us to understand is that we realize that the destiny of Joshua and Caleb. They were put into some kind of limitation where they could not receive what God wanted them to receive. Number one, because of circumstances. We dealt with that on Monday and throughout this week. Number two, the people that they were surrounded with. And the mindset from God's point is that the circumstances, that's no matter. The people that you are engaged with, that's no matter. Nonetheless, I'm going to the third point. Many of us, unknown to us, should be told, We like the attention we get when we are sorrowful. Mm. Should I go there? Go there. Go there, man of God. Should I go there? See, have you seen someone who is ever complaining? I know that you are, yeah, you do that a lot. Have you seen someone complaining like I'm stressed before? And like they take Mm. pride. Yeah. Ah, like you don't know how, what I went through. My capstone, eh, Like I was about to do the thing, then by the time you realize my PC crashed, and then someone will come and say, oh, sorry. Then by the time you realize the person enjoys it, so you go and tell the next person. The person might have fixed the problem, more, but the person will go around telling people that, oh, do you know what happened? If you get someone who doesn't participate in your pity party, you that, oh, you you are not considerate, you are not sensitive, ah, you Are you a hard uh. guy. Should I go there? Have you seen uh-huh. someone whose heart has been broken before? Uh-huh. And they are telling their girls, girls. Hey, you, girl, Let's, let's girl. move away. Someone says I should go there. And then they, 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 they come around Netflix, ice cream, and then they are saying, oh, you know, let, let me get a girl to come and you know, explain to us. The boys, some of us, we don't understand. Should be told, many of us, we enjoy the attention. We enjoy the pity. We enjoy the, um. what was that thing? We we enjoy the company, the atmosphere that when we are in pain, it creates. If you've ever been to a funeral, one time, I went to a funeral, right? I don't even remember where it was. Now, the person that died was, a member of my church but he had gone it's powerful guy almost getting into ministry when he left our church there was he had a very very close friend right that was almost you know like that's unofficial girlfriend complicated things bizarre i like you you like me but you know right now and then when he left the church he went you know school whatever and then there was another lady that liked him bizarre. So now there were two, like, unofficial girlfriends. We are not sure what the thing is. Unfortunately, and this was a very, very sad thing, the guy died, right? And we went all the way to their village somewhere. And then now come and see the crying. It was now a competition of crying. Like, if this person, you know, filing pass, and the first girlfriend, the... Crying, 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 crying. Then oh, they'll come and call the person, oh, don't cry, don't cry, don't go them. Then the second one will get up. <laughs> Filing pass. It was a competition of crying. If you've ever been to a funeral when they are going to bury someone, then you see people who expect that you know that they are very, very close to this person. Oh, they lift up cry at certain points. And they will not stop until someone says, Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, you're yeah, not with me. Okay, you guys are good for now, sorry. Sorry. But, unfortunately, a lot of us, we might not be doing it consciously, but we enjoy the pity, the attention, the people coming around you, and then you are always, and that's what I was talking about the last time, the victim card. The Christians like it so much. And they say, oh, but I paid my tithes. But I paid my tights. And then we like, we like all these mobile songs. You see, You can pick a very, very spiritual song. Then you turn it into a very, very, very worldly emotional song. Now, when I was giving the example of someone whose heart has been broken, do you know that if your heart has been broken, you unintentionally create an atmosphere for you to cry? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. You don't understand what I'm saying. Like someone likes someone, the person doesn't like you. Now, I don't know how young or how old you guys are. Then you go and put in a song. Oh, <laughs> Or unbreak my heart. <laughs> oh, am I meeting the church? It seems like, okay, no, okay. I, I, I think, I think, I think you guys are very, very spiritual. I, I, I underestimated you. So, I'm preaching to myself. So, forgive. This one, just myself. It's myself. And then you put in the Westlife Backstreet Boys. You know, sh- should I go there? You see, there are some people in the front. I don't think they know Backstreet Boys. And I should bring... Pre- right now, the play- they play what? Oh! oh. <laughs> you know, pa! <laughs> Hallelujah. It seems like right now, the people in the church, they are I'm quite old, baby. Forgive me. Then you create the atmosphere so that you cry. If the song doesn't work, then you choose. You know, you know the selection of romantic comedy. You know, should I go there? You know, you know, you know the selection of romantic comedy that you know by the half hour mark their relationship will break up, and then they'll be doing that montage. You know, where the girl is going on with their life, but the guy is crying. Or the guy is going on with the life and the girl is crying Oh am I, I- am, I I- am I with you in the church? Am I with you in the church? Oh, am I with you in the church? Am I with you? Or you don't understand what I'm saying? If I have a te- if I have someone witness, give me a give me a wave. i beautiful. I'm beautiful. I-, I thought it was only me. I-, I thought it was only me. So we enjoy our sorry state. Now, that is the same thing that happened when the 10 guys came and told the Israel camp about what they saw. If you check the testimony, they started with the good things first. However, the Bible says that they then picked up what they called the bad report and they personalized it. And they themselves started crying. When Joshua and Caleb say that, ah, see guys, at one point in time, Joshua and Caleb were speaking to them. And he said, see, these people that we are coming against, he says, their power has left them. They are unto us like bread. Now, I don't think it's a struggle to eat bread. Unless you have some medical something. You know, I know that some people, they only like, when I grew up, my grandmother, my mom, everything we eat must be brown. So when we go to the bread salad, we choose the most brown of it all. Then I went to Nigeria and I met my mother-in-law and for them, everything they eat must be white. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, it was a shock. It's a shock. Have you seen white egg before? It's fried though. It's fully whatever, but there's no stain of brown. And, 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 I, and I didn't understand it. I mean, in my sense, there should be a little council, you know, on the top and the down. <laughs> I get to be. It was white. It was it was white, and if there is any part brown, no. So when we when they are choosing bread, it's whiter, you know. It's fair. It's fair to look upon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So many people they personalize it and them these people they are bread, and the mentality was that you just get up, face them deal with them. Now, you see, most of the things that we go through, the same things that become a burden, a struggle, if you pay attention closely, God, and it's like God intentionally designs it. Whether it's intentional or it's an aftermath, you know, sometimes you can't really tell. But it's like God will pick the thing that is a pain in your life. And most of the time, that is where giftings come from. That is where you can minister to people from. I agree with I me? Mean, And that's why I mean people say that I would not go to a soldier who has no scars. The scar was supposed to kill him. But then when you go and then this wound is healed, when you are telling someone that see, I went through this, so what you are going through is nothing, you can then believe. So sometimes our pain is literally our bread, something that gives us sustenance for the future. The witches in your family may be thinking that they are pressing you this way and that way. They don't know that, then they are building your prayer capacity. It's like I'm only talking to two people in the church. The, 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 the people that are worrying you, they think that oh, they might be afflicting you with this particular you know, addiction, this particular um, mm, mm, disease, this particular sickness. But then the moment you break through, it becomes something that you can share. And if you check, if you check, most of the anointed men of God, especially if they've in the grace of healing, you realize that at one point in time, they were almost dying because of sickness. I don't know if you're with me. If you have the kingdom grace of healing, you realize that at some point, they were dying from something. The same sickness. When they overcame, then it became bread. So I'm trying to tell you that what you are going through, it is bread. I don't know if you're with me. Wow, wow, wow. It, it is bread. Mm. It is bread for your next level. It is sustenance for your next level. Joshua said, these guys, their defenses have left them. They are like bread, but they choose or they chose the other mindset of the ten. The grasshopper mentality. Oh, are you our victims? Oh, you know, Obema bro. Oh, you know, come and help me. Oh, oh, Obema, come and help me. Like you are, (laughs) forgive me. Let me take this one one step further. You see, when I say we enjoy our soul state, one of the things that you you can easily check, let's go outside the church, let's look at Ghana, let's look at Africa, is we have independence, but there's some kind of colonization that is still going on. And if you check the things that we celebrate, it tells us the things that we enjoy. Should I go there? Let me, let me ask you, ask your neighbor. See, if, if, if I come and ask you for 3,000 cities, would you put it on social media that, hey, see, I went to ask for 3,000 cities. I don't want to go there proper, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? I, I got what I'm saying. The things we celebrate, Is an indication of the things that we enjoy. So we say we are independent, yet certain aspects of our lives are not independent. And especially, our minds have never been free. Our minds have never been free. So we are in the church. Many of us confess. What are the things you confess? As it is, so I am. Yet, we have never taken any step for you to, you know, order your life to be like him. Mm. Mm. You go to Galatians chapter 5. Look at, look at what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Look at what the Bible says. Look at what the Bible says. It says, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Then it adds, and do not, and, and do not be entangled again. It means that many of us can receive freedom, yet we decide to entangle ourselves again because of something we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that social media clip of the lamb or sheep or whatever that was pulled out of the, this thing? And then like you thought he was going to jump and celebrate, no, boom. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. If, if, if you have the video here, you send it to the platform so people understand. They, they pull the sheep around, whatever, whatever what it is? Out of something that we perceive is danger, is liberty. I get to me. Pull the person out, and the person next minute will jump right back inside. Should I give you another example? If you like some of the people that, you know, let me say it carefully, beg on the street, if you like get a briefcase of money, give to them, you realize that they'll come back again. Forget, forget the money, no. Give them, give them an employment letter. That's okay. See, you are, are not the CEO of this company and this company. Come. No, they don't want that one. They don't want that one. They'll rather come back. I get to see me so far, and that's what some countries like Ghana keep doing. Just let me not go there. 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 So, if you check the Bible, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the verse number 35. Now, I want to, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. When I talk about the things that we enjoy, look at one of the things that, now, I I understand this. I understand this, right? And I, I know we've preached about, you know, dying to self. There's some kind of suffering Things like that, that goes on, you know. For your Christian work, it's not a rosy one. Hallelujah. Now, can someone read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35 for me? Can someone just read it for me? 35. Women received their dead grace to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Amen. Read, read it again. Verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Now, if the Bible is just underline this particular phrase. The Bible says that others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. There are some people that do not want to be free. Mm. Now, in the Christian work, it's not a rosy one. However, there is such a thing as useless suffering. Mm. I don't know if you're getting me. Yes, sir. There is such a thing as useless suffering. Suffering that doesn't promote the will of God. Mm. Suffering that doesn't add anything to you. Mm. We, were, we were to read the book, right? And the author, the, the author of the book was talking about Jesus going to the cross and the will of God. If the will of God was not for Jesus to die on the cross, dying on the cross would have been a useless, shameful death. Useless. Because it has nothing to do with the will of God. I don't know if you're with me. Yes, sir. If God's will is inside, then if there's some affliction, then it makes sense. You can't go and say that because you are a Christian, you know, then we'll put on, you know, I am a fool for cussed out. Dun, 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 dun. Then you go to a class, you know that your lecturer is, you know, an atheist. Then you are overtly just pushing your, you know, Christian identity out there so that you receive persecution. Then you come to Thursday prayer meeting and come and give a testimony that, oh, I did this for Christ and my lecturer slaved me and my lecturer removed my grades. I don't know if I get what I'm saying, yes. I, I don't know if I get maybe, maybe let me start again. There is such a thing as useless suffering. It's not every suffering that is the will of God. Mm. If someone is sick, there are these people who used to believe that, you know, you handle snakes and things like that. I don't know if you've seen them, Southern American things. There are some of the leaders back then that when they are bitten by the snake, they refuse to get treatment. Because they profess wrong faith for a long time. That now they don't have the moral right to go and ask for antivenom. So then they die. It's a useless death. You didn't die for the cause of Christ. I don't know if you're getting me. Yeah. You can't just go into, let's say, an extremist Islamist state, mm. and then you have a badge on your shirt, sold out. And then you expect that they would, you know, you are confessing and then, they will not do anything to you. I don't know if I get getting me. There is a way and a right way, a right time of doing things. There is such a thing as useless suffering. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, the people, some of the people that were tortured and died, I'm not saying that they should, um, you know, denounce Christ and whatever. But when there is help, when there is what? Help. There is no need for you to suffer. When there is what? Help. There is no need for you to suffer. There is such a thing. It says that others were tortured, not accepting. So if there was an opportunity for them to be free, they refused it. You've heard the story of the flood and that guy on the rooftop. And he was praying to God for help. And God brought help in the form of a fisherman whatever, whatever. He was waiting for angel Gabriel to descend and come and say, my son, my son, my son. And then he rescues him. There are some people in the church, you are struggling, maybe financial, maybe in your academics, and you feel it's spiritual for you to count this as a burden for the Lord. I, I remember in KCF one time, one executive, she, 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 she didn't have, you know, something went wrong. Something went wrong. So she didn't have money for a while. I get to I me. Mean. So she was now on an involuntary or whatever, fast. And she was like, just yes, fasting. Not because she wanted to fast. To the point that when she was walking, she was falling. Like I'm saying. And you are an executive. There, is, there are other executives. If not anything, there's apostles. There is money in the ministry at least. That can at least buy you food. But then you take on the badge and the pride that, oh, I'm suffering for Christ. It might be useless and foolish suffering. You might be struggling with your academics and all you have been doing so far is that you are just praying. Meanwhile, meanwhile, maybe the prayer head is an e-commerce shack. Meanwhile, the finance person is an accounting shack, but then you take on feeling in class like, Oh, it's one of the things I'm suffering from the Lord. I'm suffering for it's it's a useless (laughs) suffering. And that's how come some of us, our destinies have been limited because we are enjoying useless things. Now, there's a story of one judge. We'll come to his story later on called Jephthah. The Bible says that his brothers, whatever, 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 and then he he was called and summoned that he should come and then deliver the people of Israel and become a judge unto them. The Bible says in the book of Judges, I believe, Judges chapter 12 or Judges chapter 11. The Bible says that when he was about to go into battle, he made a vow. And his vow was that anyone, anything that comes out of my gate first, no matter what it is, if God gives me victory, I would sacrifice that thing, that one. Unfortunately, he had only one daughter. And the Bible says that the daughter was the first to come out. And therefore, he went ahead and sacrificed the daughter. Now, I know that you say that in the book of Proverbs, it says that don't make a useless vow if you do not plan on keeping the vow, lest the angel of the Lord will be angry with you. Many of us, we make vows that bind us, limit our future when we are emotionally high. Should I go there? Should I give you an example? Today, there will be a man of God coming. Tomorrow, there will be two men of God coming. The man come and raise a seed or an offering or a sacrifice. You see people rise up, and then look at them. They say that mm. check your accounts like this, like this, like this. There is nothing in there, and I'm not talking about faith. You are emotionally charged up. And then you come. Then the service closes, mm. and then you check. How am I going to fulfill my vow? It was a useless vow. I know that you say, yes, tiger, your faith, you know, I know that you say, oh, your faith must be high. You must demand for things that are not. Many of us have bound ourselves with curses, covenants, vows, that we were not supposed to make. You've heard the teaching of giving and sowing. Every money that comes into your hand, you come and drop it. Without revelation. So, God has told you that, oh, I want you to start a business. You are not saving for that business because your faith tells you that every money, you get no drop, you get no drop, you get no drop. Then you are crying to God and say, Father, but I've sown seed. You are limiting your destiny because your business hasn't started. And you are asking God and God is saying that, ah, but me I gave you the money? I don't know if you are with me. I don't know if you are with me. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if you are with me. We right are here. I'm talking about limiting ourselves by useless vows, because we enjoy some kind of suffering, useless commitments. People who cannot say no. You can't everything. Yes, yes, yes. At the workplace, yes. You are studying. You are about to do a project. Someone says, "Come and help me." Yes. Then you leave what you are doing. As you are helping this person, someone says, "Come and say yes." Then okay, I'm being a good Christian. Concern for others. Then your main work, you have not finished. And then you are asking God, why did I fail? Meanwhile, you are saying yes to everyone. Then you think it's God's fault. Should I continue? Continue. Should I continue? Continue. There is such a thing as what? Useless suffering. That's one of the limitations that many of us are bound with. Useless. Useless. Now, I'm not saying that don't succeed. I'm not saying that you don't stretch your faith. I'm not saying that too. I want to categorically say it in the message that if you are trying to cut some things out, and I'm saying categorically. I am not saying that don't pray, don't fast, don't sow seed. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that there's such a thing as useless suffering. Mm. Useless. Let me ask you a question. See, if you get some money, Your mother is maybe sick, struggling with something, 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 something. Many of us, because of the message of the church, how charismatic the movement of the church is, you might not think about your mother first. You say, let me bless my papa. Let me bless my spiritual father. Let me bless my my shepherd. And your mother will be at home, suffering. Mm. I remember a testimony of one lady. God opened some door for her. She was in this ministry. Well, maybe she still is. I don't know. Maybe she is. God opened a door for her. She went out for an internship. Brought in plenty money. Plenty money. Then she came to sit in front of apostle. Says father, you know, papa, I've come, whatever. And dropped the seat. As soon as apostle received it, apostle prayed for her and gave it back to her. Said, "Ah, you don't want to receive my offering. You don't receive my thanks. Says no. This money, I've received it. And I'm giving back to you. Go and give to your mother. Because there's something happening at home. That's, oh, God opened an opportunity. Maybe the answer of your mother. Maybe your own prayer that God is answering. And God has released. But then we've bound ourselves with over spiritualism. Over charismatism. And we are limiting things. So then everything. Oh, please, I hope you don't misunderstand me. I hope you don't misunderstand me. I, I So when God says, save money for this, you've told God, God has told you that there's an opportunity for you to apply for school. There's going to be air tickets, whatever, whatever, whatever. And God has given you money. God has given you money. I remember when I was going to get married. In my second year, no, third year, I went to do my internship the summer. When I got that money, God says I saved that money. I start preparing for mine. At the time, eh, I, I told God that, you know, there are things to do in this life. You oh. understand what I'm saying. <laughs> there are things to do in this life. So I told God that, okay. According to the plan I did when I was in GHS two. at the time I was 17 years. So I'm going to do a 10-year plan. To celebrate my accomplishment of my 10-year plan, which will end on my twenty-seventh birthday. Then I'll get married. No, I'll start considering getting married. Because at the time I was I mean not at the time, I'm still I am still born on twenty-seventh January. <laughs> it's not like I was born on and it has changed. It hasn't changed. So that's the 10-year plan I did. From the first year, the things the plan started breaking. Have you people made a plan before and the things started breaking? From the very very first year, mm. the plan started breaking. Mercy Lord. But it was fine. Now, according to the plan. I had three more years to do what I had to do before I start considering a damsel, you know. There may be... praise the Lord. So I started saving there. And then when God started speaking to me about getting married, I give God every excuse, every excuse possible. I said, Father, worst of all, I think I'm too young. I don't think that it's good for young people to get married like that. It means that we will be married for long. (laughs) I know you'll be laughing, but if you check some of the marriages that break, Many people give the excuse that they're married too young. In fact, even someone like the Archbishop had made mention of something like that before. That he married too young. So I said, I don't think it is right. And then now, I was preparing. So before everything would happen in 2016, 2015, I had the opportunity to travel to Nigeria. This one was a company, like a work visit. Like, I went for a Microsoft conference. And God says that, make sure you don't miss this particular travel opportunity in September. Make sure. Make sure. I got to the airport and I realized that I didn't have anything called a yellow card. Fortunately for me, I came with someone who drove. So the person had to rush all the way home. We didn't even know where the yellow card is because I didn't even know that it was part of there, whatever. And they found it. And said, God says, make sure you don't miss this. Make sure you don't miss it. Make sure you don't miss it. And I was able to get to Nigeria. It was a Microsoft conference, whatever, but then there was an agenda for me. At the time, there was no girl to meet, but whatever. Then in December, I had the opportunity to then go and visit the family. Now, I had to sponsor mine, whatever. And then as a sign to God, because I told God that it feels like I don't believe you, but for you not to really have anything against me, what I will do is that the only thing I will sponsor is an engagement ring or a promise ring. So it was that money that I started saving since my third year. That was the money that was able to cover my flight and then my ring. I imagine that I was not saving. I know what I'm saying. When everything started happening, I said I made the budget. I've shown the budget to some people before. In the budget there was an expense column and there was an income column. I know what I was receiving, right? And I know what I had to get. Bride price, whatever, whatever, whatever. Now my wife is not in Ghana, so I have to travel there. And that means that I cannot go alone. <laughs> so my flight cost was a huge one. And then when she's coming back, I mean, I can't leave my wife there. So I have to bring her back. Things, food, whatever, 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 whatever. So I had an expense column. At some parts, so every expense per month, every income per month, at some parts of the month, I think after three months, all the, all the income, this one, it is miracle money. Miracle money, <laughs> miracle money. <laughs> because if there's no miracle money, if I had this expense, it'll be paid. Now, at one of the very, very critical times, one of the very 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 critical times because i had to unbook my flights for my entire family my, i had a number of people in mind my father got me angry so i, I removed his name from the list I <laughs> said, you have to sponsor your own flight if you like don't come <laughs> so i removed his name now so without my father the money that i the money i needed for the ticket one day i went to a person and i cried so, so? i don't want to because there is no There's nothing that should, and that particular year, Joy FM was doing something called the Bridal Fair. I I, I don't know how young you guys are. So on Joy FM, some banks decided to start giving loans to get wedded, and they would say that come and get a loan and go. And I was considering the thing. No, then someone changed the channel. Then I was looking, I was looking to someone who was giving counsel, you know, how to prepare for marriage. And he says that before you get married, at least you must have six months worth of monthly expenses stored up. He said, Father, if you want me to really go by your man of God's saying, then I'm not ready to get married. Now, I did the bill for the flight. That particular, so one Sunday, I prayed to God. I, didn't, I couldn't even pray. And then I went to work on Monday. Someone called me to come in solve some IT problem, whatever, whatever. When I came, there was an envelope index. I didn't know who I was from. Now, the currencies in there, I had to Google them to figure out what currencies they were. At the dollars, yeah, I could see what the dollars were. I'm talking about There were extra currencies that I didn't know. And then I started doing conversion and calculating. When I calculated all of it, it was exactly what I needed to pay for my tickets. Wow, wow. Then over-spiritual me, say over-spiritual me, Over spiritual I looked at you. my budget. I looked at the money I had gotten, then I said, okay, 10% tight, 10% to honor my father, 10% to honor my mother, 10%, no, my brother there. sometimes he's I'm with you, so 1%. <laughs> <laughs> and I started making that list, then I put it all in an envelope and I was about to drop it, then God says that, so if I answer your prayer, you are still going to, quote-unquote, waste the money? And not go and travel and marry. Mm. God had made a provision. Over spiritual me says that. And at that point, I prayed, and God says that forget tight. I'm not saying that tight is not good, though. Please don't over. I'm not saying tight is not good. I received that miracle money. I heard clearly, God says, forget tight. This was for flight. And I've paid for it for you. It's not your money, so don't come and give me tight because it's not yours. Flight pay for it uh. i to me so far yes sir so that's what i'm saying the first point if you're writing notes many of us enjoy the suffering number two why most of us our limitation is not broken say to your neighbor number two Number two, you, you are not tired yet. 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 It, it's like, it's not a border. Hmm. Say, John, you are a good manager. Yeah, a good manager. You are managing your affliction. You are managing your affliction. If you are really tired there, it would have been broken long ago. Yeah. If you are not tired. See what the Bible says. In the book of Genesis chapter 27, the verse number 14. The Bible says, now, Esau came to his father Isaac. Isaac had already blessed Jacob. Now the Bible says that he came crying, weeping, wailing. And he says, Father, bless me. And the father said to him, No, verse 40. Oh. Verse 40. Genesis 27. Yeah, so you let me read a few verses up. Genesis 27. Let's start from the verse number 20. Verse number 39. Let's start from the verse number 39. The Bible says, Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling. In fact, let's go back up. Let's go back up. Let's go back up. Let's start from the verse number 37. Verse number 37. In fact, 36. Sorry, 36. Verse 36 says, And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Now, the verse number 37. The Bible then says, then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him, that is Jacob, a master over all his brethren. And I've given the brothers as slaves to Jacob, including Esau. I get to me. He was requesting for a blessing from his father. And his father told him the hard truth. The blessing I gave to your brother, despite the fact that he stole from you, it would work. And you are now a servant to your brother. Then the Bible says that I have blessed him with grain and wine and I have sustained him. What shall I now do for you, my son? The verse 38. And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me. Bless me also. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then the verse number 37, 39. Then his father answered and said to him, behold, so this was now his father trying to, out of his spirit, look for a blessing and give to Esau. He says, now behold, your dwelling shall be in the fatness of the land and the dew of heaven above. Look at the verse number 40. Then he says in the verse number 40, By your sword, you shall live and you shall serve your brother. Then he says, it shall come to pass in the day you become restless. In the day you become tired of his rulership. In the day you become tired, then you shall break his yoke off your neck. Until you are tired, you are going to be continually limited. Yeah. Until you become restless things concerning your destiny, that's our limiting, you, there'll be no change. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you understand me, you understand, man, oh God. there'll be no change until you are tired of the pain, you'll not get up until you're tired of the rejection. You keep enjoying it and you'll be coming here, praying destiny limiting factors. Father, I deal with it. Meanwhile, you're not yet tired. Oh, you're not yet tired. Mm. You're not yet tired. You are able to manage your complication. So you are not tired. Mm. You, you, you come to church and it's like every church is a dose of killers, You know? That's why you hate it when service is about to end. Because you cannot be, you cannot create your own emotional, spiritual high. you know, like, you need the worship to go into. Hey, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you are with me. Yeah, with you. Because when you are alone, you know that you cannot create that atmosphere. Mm. So mm. church is like a jolt. If you're with me, it's, it's like a jot. It's like a jot. You, you, you come to church and then you see you enter into that realm of worship. Then you remember, mm, before I came, then people think, Ah, see, 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 see this powerful woman of God oh. she's caught up in the realms. You're saying, Father, I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry, okay. You're asking for forgiveness. People think you're caught up. I don't, I don't know if I have a witness in the church, yeah, yeah man of okay. A... I think it's just me. Forgive, <laughs> forgive, it's just me, it's just me it's just me. The Bible says concerning the four lepers, the Bible says that they never arose until they were tired. Until you are tired, you'll still be suffering from your leprosy. Unable to move. You are not tired yet. You are not tired yet. You are not. If you check the story of many people that struggled in life and broke through financially, it got to a point they said enough is enough. You have not come there yet. I, I'm, I'm telling you that. You, you said you want to break away from addiction. You, you are not tired yet. Like you, it's, you are not tired. I know you are sad. I know you feel guilty. I, I know you are worried about it. That it will affect your relationship. But you are not tired. I don't know if you have it mean. You, you are not tired. You, you are not tired. If you are tired, you would have stopped long ago. You said you don't have money. You don't have money. You, you, are, you are not tired. You, you enjoy it. If you are tired of not having money, you would have gotten up to do something long ago. You are not tired. You you are not tired of continuously failing in class. No, you enjoy it. I know yes, yeah, when you go home, they will blast you, whatever. But right now you know what to expect. So uh, after that, after all, you one one day, two days. It's my father that might bring it up again another week, but you cry. I just have to wash his car three times in a day. I mean three times in a week. Then you forget about it. For my mother, the oh, when I'm coming and then I buy her, you know, something that is finished in the house, a crate of egg, ketchup. Maybe ideal milk, yes. Like I sponsor the things in the kitchen, she forgets. So you're not tired. You are able to manage your problem. And until you lift that mentality that I am able to manage it, you will not break free. you will not break free. You'll continue to be deformed in the hand and in the foot until you see that I'm tired. The Bible says, if you check, one of the things that the Bible says concerning Jesus in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that for the... Give me Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 11, the verse number 2. Look at one of the things that it says. No, Hebrews chapter 12, the verse number 2. For the joy that was set before him. Hebrews chapter 12, the verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Who, for the joy that was set before him. The Bible says he endured the cross. The Bible says that and he despised the shame. I get what I'm saying. Now, one of the things that affected Jesus was not pain. Jesus, Jesus didn't was not emotionally whatever damaged because of pain. It was shame. If you are really, really tired, shame will no longer be an issue. It came to a point that Jesus had to fulfill his destiny. And, and he says, at this point, pain is not, is not a problem. Shame is not even a problem. If you are really tired of your family being at a particular level, you will not say, oh, I have a, I have a, I have a degree. How can I get PK and stand by the roadside and say PK, 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 PK? Okay, now I know these people here, they don't, have, they don't know what PK is. Uh, so, sorry. What, what, what do they chew now? Uh-huh, trident, trident. Yes, trident. Trident. If you, if you really are tired of not having money, right? If you really are tired... The, the um, a that you can do, that everybody likes, you would have put a label on it and started selling long ago. But you are not tired. You are not tired. So you come to God and say, Father, give me a big business. And God has given you skills to do achomo. You your achomo is heavenly. Everybody comments about it. Yet, oh, I don't have money. Your jollof, your jollof is... Your, your jollof can do deliverance on its own. <laughs> your jollof can do deliverance, but you are not tired. You, you, like, you like it when every time you, like, you ask for someone, you know, you ask, oh, see, Shalit, something small for the boys. I know that you say that you don't like it. I know that's what you are saying, you know, that you don't like it, but you like it. If, if you don't like it, like, how come you do it every month? I, I don't know if I get what I'm saying. If, if you were really tired, you would have gotten plastic bowls Got in packs and just labeled it deliverance, power, jollof, <laughs> ventures. <laughs> and I have started selling long ago. Check the people who are selling chicken and making money. Check the people who have franchises. They just got tired one day. If you really want to break the limitation on your destiny, stop being a manager. Write that down stop being a manager of your affliction the things that are worrying you the things that are worrying you stop being a manager of them the bible says concerning iso the day you become restless of this the day you said you said oh you want to pray but but you are not tired of not praying You you are not tired of prayerlessness You are not tired. I know that you said, oh, I want to read my Bible. But you are not tired of not reading your Bible. Because if you were tired, you would have gotten up long ago. Oh, you know, in my house, there this, there's a school right there, you know. And then in the afternoon, I want to meditate, then they're on break time. And then they are jamming to certain things. So I cannot focus and, you no know, read the Bible. In the evening, because I deal with all this noise in my neighborhood, like, yes, I cannot wake up in the evening and then also pray. My alarm, man, yeah, my alarm. Yeah, I don't, so I don't like my alarm because, you see, I feel I'm addicted to my phone. So, yes, when I, I set the alarm, but, you know, I, it's always muted if you really wanted to get up, you would have gotten an alarm clock long ago and not be relying on your phone. You are not tired. You are not tired. You are not tired. You said you want to read the Bible cover to cover, but you are not tired of not knowing whether Genesis comes after Exodus or Exodus comes after Leviticus. You are not tired. You are not tired. You are not tired of your ignorance because you can manage it. At least you always have 4G, whatever. So whatever the thing, you can Google it. You know? So you, your Bible, right now, Google is your Bible. Do I have a witness in the house? Do I have a witness in the house? Oh, I know I'm talking to someone. Like, you, you, Google provides you more scriptures than your real Bible app. Oh, I cannot read the Bible on my phone. You See, anytime I'm reading it, you see, I try, you, oh, I try. Oh, then I'll be getting this Instagram notifications and everything. That's okay, delete Instagram. Oh, you don't understand. I'm the social media manager for, you know, KCF. If you are tired, you'd have gotten a fiscal Bible. But you are not tired. So your destiny will continue to be what limited because you are not tired yet. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you sure you are with me? Yes, sir. Amen. Now, the next thing that I want us to go onto is, so we talked about enjoying it, enjoying our pain. Number two, we have not really you know, gotten tired. So we are good at managing the problems that we have. Now, when I talk about we are not tired, now I know that many of us, you know, we have some kind of a hope that things will change. It's a genuine, it's not fake, it's a genuine. However, our hope has translated us into the realm where we are expecting magic rather than miracles. I understand. now if you check anytime there was a miracle in the bible there was work that was done before the miracle occurred so in corinthians when paul was talking about you know several workings of the spirit of god he talked about the workings of miracle have you seen that in your bible before oh i have you seen that in your, there's what the workings of miracle it means that miracle miracle doesn't just appear if you were in the party where Jesus turned water into wine, if you would, you skip the process in between, you see water and you see wine. But Jesus worked it. Are you with me. So Jesus said to the servants, go, there are six jars, fetch water. He was working it. He was working it. The Bible says that, and Jesus descended from the mountain, and then he came to see a boy suffering with epilepsy. Then the disciples were say, break loose, break loose, Shaba, Shaba. Shabba, Shabba. The parents came, how come your disciples are not able to break and loose? Mm-hmm. Then the Bible says that, then Jesus came and said that you are not able to do this because of your unbelief. He dealt with it. When Jesus changed the boy, the Bible says that, and then he cast the spirit of death and death from him. Now, someone will say that, okay, it was, it was instant. No, Jesus had worked for it on the mountain already. His disciples had not worked for it. That's why said, uh, this kind. Goeth not except by fasting and prayer. The work has been done already. I don't know if you are with me in the church. I don't know if you are with me in the church. The work had been done. So it was a working of miracle. It didn't just appear. The creation of the world was not magic. It didn't just appear. It was worked for. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that and the spirit of the Lord was hovering upon the face of the god was actually creating working it and then verse three he said it wasn't magic god didn't just arrive no let there be light no before he did that the bible said the spirit of god came he was working on the scene before before Then he said, let there be light. So, light didn't just appear. It was worked for. Miracles in the Bible are not magic. You don't say abracadabra. Then someone is healed. If you see something instant, like it means that the work, you didn't see the work. You didn't see. Okay, apostle came yesterday declaring formal rain, whatever. Oh, you know, it's not magic. He had worked for it. You were not there when he was working for it. You don't know what he did in terms of the working. It might have included him emptying his bank account. It was working. It might have included him going on a drive fast. He was working for it. Then he comes and stands here and say, be loose, and people are losing. Now, then you think that because it's magic, emotionally charged, you get the opportunity to lead prayer meeting in your small caucus. And they also stand there in the same voice, be loose. They're looking at you. We well, have a witness in the church. Yes, sir. That witness in the church. Because it's worked for. Miracles are not magic. Give me any miracle in the Bible. I can show you where the work is. Any miracle. Any miracle. Any miracle. Nothing just comes. I know, yes, so the Bible says he calls the things that be not as though they were and the things that are visible are created from the things that are invisible. Yet, it has to be created in the invisible face. You will come there when we are waiting to faith, you will come there. Maybe, maybe I think we should do that now. Maybe, maybe we should do that now. Now, look, look, look at something, S- since I'm talking about faith. Now, there is a difference between faith and vim. Go there, go there, go there, go, go there. When you have them, Udeshi, is not faith. I said there's such a thing as useless suffering. There's some a thing as something you call faith. That is not faith. You see, let, let me give you some context first. In the same story that we're reading, right after the book of Numbers, chapter 13, 12 and 13, you know that I said God got angry that the people were crying and lamenting. So in the latter part, um, Numbers chapter, I believe that chapter 13, no, chapter 12, the latter part, um, no, let's go to the verse number 11, chapter 11. So, let me actually look for it. Yeah, so we've rather jumped to um, Numbers chapter 14, I believe. Numbers chapter 14, the verse number 39. The Bible says, so you can just open it in your Bible and then flow with me. The Bible says that, now, when the people had heard God saying that you shall die, each one of you, for the one year for each of the days. The Bible says that, so when Moses told them all of these things. I'm still talking about Joshua and Caleb. Are you with me? I'm still talking about Joshua. When Moses told all the wives of the children of Israel, the people greatly mourned. Look at the verse number 40. The verse number 40, the Bible says, And they rose up early in the morning, as if they had faith, and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, They've already cried that we cannot go. We are grasshoppers. Now they say, Here we are. We will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. Should we continue? Verse number 41. And Moses said, Why do you transgress the command of God? For this will not succeed. There are some things we exhibit because of how spiritual we are. We think it's faith, but we are exhibiting vim. Vim. So you hear someone come and say that, oh, you know, I was praying for a particular job, whatever, and I was not getting it. So one day, as I was reading the scriptures and something about service came, then you also hear the testimony. You don't know the full thing. So then you also come and they say, okay, I want to join the ocean department. Because you have in mind that, okay, after serving for one month, then I will get my job. Because you think your situations are the same. So you have Vim. When Vim, 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 Vim come evaporate, I don't know if you're with me. Have you guys been to Interco before? And then, like, you know, two schools are about to clash. There is always someone that you can call that will ginger the people. I don't know, did you get, okay, no, all of you are IS, IS school, sorry. You went for intercourse. There's always one of the, you know, you always say that these are, these are the bad boys. But there's someone that can give morale. Morale. And then you don't know where your vim will come from. You think you can also fight. Sometimes the uh, boys, boys in this thing, SS, we need morale to go and run a girl. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking with you i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm talking with you no, 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 or, or you guys you guys preaching. you never did that yeah i preaching it's like okay sorry i'm only talking to myself like you you need you need this there are some there are some boys you need them around before you can say hi baby if, if those boys are not around you don't have vim that's what i'm talking about that's vim it can disappear with, that, with with the absence of that person or it can appear with the presence of that person that is not faith It's just morale, it's just excitement. When these people got up early in the morning, they were getting up, what was fueling, what seemed like their fate was regret. was, um, you know, um, what the Bible talks about, um, condemnation. You know, I, I, I I realized one thing. One of the things I realized, Based on my life and some of the people I've realized, hey, some of the most hard-working people in the church of God, they are working out of condemnation. Yes. Okay? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me go here. Let me go here. Like you, know, yeah. like, you know, you did what God said she didn't do. She are feeling sad. That day you come to God and you clean all the chairs. Should I go on? Should I go on? Like, you tell the other, don't worry, don't worry. Let me catch this me catch big one. This big and big then, one. then, like, you catch it and it fall, down. fall down. And then after then, the service, you say, Oh, I serve the Lord, I Lord with my wisdom. Because you are feeling guilty. guilty. That is not faith. That is vim. Faith is not what? Vim. Faith is not morale. If what fuels your service in God is not the word of God, revelation from God, is guilty conscience, condemnation. Oh, you like you want to pay, you no. Know, let me do something for my master. Because you did something wrong to your master. Like you are balancing the equation. How many of you understand what I'm saying? How many you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, like um, like I had a friend who said he hated giving there was one particular guy at 37. I know i know, I know who I know who was talking about, right? He says he hated giving the guy money. So anytime he doesn't do what he has to do. That morning, he has to give the person money. You what I'm saying? So his kindness was fueled by guilt. That's not faith. So when you come to God and say, Father, I give in church. God has not seen that giving. Because were, it was self-pleasing. I don't know if I'm thinking about church. It was self-pleasing. You can't go and then, you know, you go and, and then the following morning, he says, oh, I beg you know let me let, let, let me lead prayer so you will be at the corner there they will be shouting kabah 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 when like your spirit comes uh, then you hold the mic if before you got the chance to go and pray they give you the mic you say oh I'm not ready oh like my message hasn't finished cooking oh I'm not finished downloading we have all the spiritual things right are you with me in the church I would mean the church some of our prayer Hey, the reason why we pray and we sweat uh, is, is to gather vim. So that, you know, okay, we forget. Like, are you with me? Can I yes, what I'm sir. saying? Sh- should I continue? Yes. Some of your, kappa, like, you are praying with vim and energy is to compensate, to so balance the equation. Just write mm-hmm. that in your notes. So you understand it. Say, so balance the equation. So you are balancing it. And the last time I was telling some people that that is why some people when they are praying, they put off the fan because yeah. they must sweat, they must, they must they, they must, must sweat to balance the equation, their voice must go to balance the equation. Then they, they don't feel guilty again because the Bible says that now there's no, there's therefore no condemnation. No, you have not gotten, you not understood it yet. So to remove the condemnation, you overwork. Then people say, hey, you are a powerful church worker. You are zealous for the Lord. Meanwhile, you are balancing the equation. Are, are you with me? Yes, sir. "I don't understand what I'm saying? I understand. How many people have been balancing equations over so here? No, don't raise your hand. Just blink. Just blink. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want the person sitting next to you to underestimate your spiritual authority. So don't raise your hand. Just blink. Blink. I, I see all of you. Me too, I'm blinking some. See, it's your Neighbor. Neighbor. Neighbor? He's blinking some. He's blinking. Now, let's look at faith and vim. Faith is not vim. That's the first thing I want you to understand. Number two, vim will evaporate and vim would fail. Are you getting me? Number three, faith doesn't fail. Faith overcomes. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, the verse number four, for whatsoever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes even our faith that means that for faith to be true faith it must be born from god and how does faith come by hearing and hearing the word of god if you hear anything apart from the word of god that gives you morale I want you to know that you've set yourself up to fail because it's not faith. Even if it's a testimony from church. Because you mistake the testimony for the word of God. Sometimes it's not the same thing. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. See, we've gone to KCF testimony services and it was like a reading of an, a tribute. Everybody comes and like they want to tell the whole church how they suffered this semester. Mm. And then this person will cry. And the next person come and say, hey, when this person was sick, it, it reminded me of how, I, how God delivered me. Then it was like, if only you, leave, you know, If only you, leave, you know. <laughs> And the testimony service has become like tribute reading. Have you been to a tribute, a funeral where people are reading tribute for? You realize that the people who are close, they, 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 if the tribute reading went smoothly, then you, you suspect that. They they were not affected. So there must be a break where they break down when reading the tribute. that you know that, oh, this person mattered to me. It's like, I'm not talking to you. You guys don't know what I'm saying. You must like break down. And then you say, oh, 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 no. No, no. No. Then okay. Then then they start the tribute reading again. Then their voice is shaky. Then you can't hear them. Then you have to refer to the book. What are they reading? Oh, yeah, not with me in the oh, church. No, bro, following. <laughs> I in. That was what the testimony services. And this one I've not seen it once, I've not seen it twice, I've not seen it three times. I'm talking about KCF. Annually. Annually. I'm talking about KCF. I've seen some even in Zion before. The testimony service was like a funeral service. Mm. And when people were supposed to, you know, when you say testimony, the focus is supposed to be on God. But many people will shape the whole thing, how I suffered. And then when there's someone who knew they are suffering, oh, then they'll say, oh, if it was not for... Should I, should I continue? <laughs> if it was not for Jenny, it's, it, then they'll say, it's, Jen, it's only Jenny that knows what I went through. It, it's only Emmanuel that knows. You see, you see, then they'll say, oh, you saw me smiling on campus, but you don't know. <laughs> You have no idea what I was going through. That's the so if you pick, if that testimony gave you morale to go and do something, it's vim because it was not born from God. Anything, look at go to the verse again. Whatever, what what, ever, if your faith is not born from God. It doesn't have the ability to overcome. That is Vim. If your belief is not born from God, and that is where many people come to say, Tiger your faith. And that's what I was talking about the useless vows that we bind ourselves with. Now, the Bible says that faith is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith. Then the Bible defines what faith is. Look at the definition of what faith is. Now, faith is the substance. Now, the word substance here means matter. Like if you've done science, matter—it occupies space and it has weight. It's—it's not not nothingness. It's matter. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for, and it says is the evidence. What's the meaning of an evidence? An evidence is a trail of existence. Mm. So. Faith is matter, it has weight, it occupies space. And we have a trail of existence of the things that has not yet seen. Many people don't, you see when they read this, they don't don't understand it all. Many people think faith is a saying thing. So if I say it based on how emotionally charged I am, the morale I have, then I have faith. Like you're going to write the exam, you've not prepared. Then you start, okay, I've passed. They put on the Victoria Orange sound. Should I continue? And then, like, so you pray for five minutes, and then you see you are charged emotionally. Then says this exam, I've passed. I've passed. I've passed. You are (laughs) someone said seven times. You are about to maybe propose to a particular girl. It's that this girl is mine. You wake up at 1 a.m. <laughs> this girl is mine because the following morning at 8 you are going to propose and say, "Baby, can we float together? And because you are emotionally charged, you, are, you, you, you set yourself up because it's not born from God. So at the time when you write the exam, you realize that you don't sit up and you start remembering testimonies. Of people who something happened, they were not prepared. And they said, oh, as I was about to, I saw like, something like a scroll. And then, <laughs> you had the example, you have not started. And you are looking up for the scroll. And then while she instead of writing, you say that, okay, wait. Okay, no, then let, let me start praying. So you put your head down. Okay, maybe the, the scroll will come from the north east, east inside. And there's no scroll in the service. And you boom, and they say that, how can God? See, when we have them instead of faith, then we end up always blaming God. Because we, it, was not, it was not born. Faith is not a saying thing. The fact that I say I have passed doesn't mean it is faith. Faith is a hearing thing. I must have heard before I see. If I hear, sometimes you don't even have to see. But there's a component of seeing. So if I see, Without having heard, if I declare without having seen, there, I know that there is something like, oh, yes, blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe. When you check how belief, belief is built, belief always starts with an evidence. So the Bible says that eyes have not seen, and that's when we are talking, when I say, eh, blessed are those who don't see, but yeah, believe," eyes have not seen, so you have not seen it, so you are declaring Yes, I've not heard. So you are declaring. It has not entered into the hearts of men. What God has prepared. Now look at the, what the next verse says. The Bible says that, but unto us it has been revealed. It has been what? Revealed. So you must it ha, you must have re- received it, the revelation, yeah. either by hearing or seeing, before your faith is born. Mm. That's why the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Mm. So if you have not heard and you declare it's vim. No, it means. You have not heard. And that is how come people undertake quote unquote spiritual adventures and they end up dying. And then they will see, oh, there's this man of God. There was a river, whatever. And then they, and there's a story I heard like two years ago. And then he said, Oh, he had feet. In fact, Jesus even crossed the, this thing, he walked upon waters in a raging storm. And he drove his car and he died. I guess what I'm saying because he had vim, it wasn't faith. The Bible says that whatever is born from God. If your faith is not born from God, I'm saying that it will not overcome. You have set yourself up for failure. Are you with me so far? I with me so far. So we're talking about um Getting tired, yes, right? And then I came with feet. Now, let me conclude. Let me conclude. Now, the point where I want to conclude is that based on all the things I'm saying, we must come to a point where we can boldly ask God for this and this and this and this. We cannot say that our destinies are being limited and we never make a request to God. Yesterday, I was asking someone. So if the Bible says that, ask you shall receive. We know that part. But the Bible also says that, before you even pray, God knows what you are going to ask for. Before you finish praying, then he has answered you. So then why does he still require you to pray about it? Why, 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 does, he need, why does he require you? Because if I'm going to ask you, like, I'm, you know, the AI things, And an AI that is very good is an AI that can anticipate. And God is all-knowing. So before I come to God, he knows what I'm going to ask for. So then why do I go through the extra step of praying and asking for it? Have you ever asked yourself that? Right? So look at what the Bible says. And the Bible says in James chapter 4, the verse number 2, one of the things that we read. It says that you do not have yet because you have not asked. with me and what I'm saying is that anything you see as a destiny limiting factor you must genuinely ask God that father take this away because if you do not ask you will not receive it's not magic I get what I'm saying in the process of asking one of the things that God deals with is expectation now many of us in the church Charismatic, spiritual, Pentecostal, whatever. We've gotten to the point where we've heard that, oh, you know, God does things in His own way, so we have no expectation. We we've stopped setting New Year resolution. How many people are, are, are like me? Because you don't like you see, I don't want to be disappointed again. It's like you guys don't understand what I'm saying. You don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You you don't you no longer set a plan for the year. Like uh, there is no so. The wind will blow where it us, lists, lists, you know, whatever. If God will do, let him do. If you will not do also, like, I'm not expecting, so you will not be sad. So when they come and prophesy to you, they say, Ah, you have worried me, Pa, you shouldn't have said it. It's better we rest in the place of not knowing. But then they'll come and tell that, God says that apply for school. And they say that, I didn't want to hear this. So now, I start applying. And then you get the scholarship, you get the application, you are admitted. And then now they are not giving me the visa. So, the God that says that you get school and go over didn't he know that there is a visa problem with an agent in the embassy? (laughs) Are you with me? So, we've stopped believing. And many of us, our prayer is characterized by lack of expectation. If you break what I'm saying now, it means that we pray with unbelief. We go through the motion of prayer without asking God. So, you would rather, if you can speak in tongues for long, spend your time speaking in tongues and letting your mind roam rather than ever make a request in English. If I say to you that right now, let's pray for the next 30 minutes, right? For things you want God to do for you, don't speak in tongues. You realize that you can't pray. Oh, this uh, is not prophecy because I'm talking about myself. <laughs> you realize that you cannot pray because for you to be able to pray and speak in english you need to engage your mind yeah. other than that you realize that you'll be repeating repeating oh thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus okay, i'm not praying in tongues thank you jesus thank you jesus you are great and mighty thank you jesus you will never come to the point where you ask and make a request yeah. let me give you an example in the book of fair Samuel, the bible says in the chapter one there was a woman called hannah now woman called Hannah we know their story the Bible says every year year on year she went up to Shiloh right it was a family tradition they went to the Lord presented themselves in the house of the Lord gave sacrifices made offerings prayed to the Lord the Bible says in the verse number five or so fair some more let's go to the verse number seven the Bible says year on year Year on year, she went up to the house of the Lord. That she was provoked. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. When we start praying and our minds begin to engage the prayer, many of us stop praying and start crying. You start the prayer with vim. By the time you realize you are crying, and this, you you realize that your your latter part of the prayer is, oh, why? Oh, why? Am I with you in the church? Instead of praying for healing, you start, okay, I want to pray for my mother to be well. You are praying, Father, heal my mother. Father, heal my mother. Then you remember, what happened? Then I tell you, say, Father, why me? Father, this is the third time this year. Then you are. Crying. This is what was happening? She was always in the house of the Lord. The Bible. Look, look at the word the Bible used. There was a, in the house of the Lord. Instead of she praying, she was provoked. It means that her emotions were damaged. Her mind was damaged. She was not engaging. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Year on year. She went to the presence of God. You would assume she was praying. She never prayed year on year. This was not prayer. This was not prayer. That's what I'm saying. This is not faith. She was emotionally charged. The fact that you are sorrowful and you are weeping in some kind of whatever state in the house of God, it doesn't mean that the Spirit of God has come upon you. And that's why sometimes, you know, some people hear Apostle preach and then Apostle like make a joke whilst he's ministering. And you're wondering, like, did he step out of the spirit a minute? I know what I'm saying. Because for us, like the man of God was saying, spiritual means contagious. Spiritual means like, you know, you are like, you have a particular face. So. A spiritual service is the one where everyone is quiet. And then they have a slight frown. It's not a, a major one, but a slight frown, like something is, like you are in pain. Bisa, like, mm. they say, Sho show. Like you must have that small frown. Otherwise, you're not spiritual. Year on year, her encounter. Her engagement of her prayer altar always was with a provoked spirit; therefore, she was weeping. People will see her coming from God and says, "Ah, she has been touched." Oh, why are you willing? Then she say, "Tell me what. Tell, tell, me, tell me, the encounter. Oh, share the relation. She has nothing to share. Many of you, if you are like you are, you know you are in a spiritual service, whatever worship, whatever you are crying. If we stop you right now, she says, "Oh, why are you crying? You realize that you don't have anything to say." Because it was an emotional venture, yes Mano, go, go there. it was an go emotional there. thing it's not like it wasn't it wasn 't as your cry is not because of the magnitude of revelation no it wasn 't like magnitude of revelation, so your emotions gave way. no, you just felt overwhelmed emotionally that is that is not spiritual, that is not faith that is not faith. Look at the verse number eight the Bible says so Now, in the new year, her husband came to her, whatever, whatever. And the husband says, why is your heart grieved? Says, am I not better than 10 times? Verse number nine. So, Hannah rose up. Now, this was the year that she prayed. This was the year. The Bible says that, now, Hannah rose up after she had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And now, the priest was sitting at the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. Verse 10. And she was still in bitterness of soul. But this time around, the Bible added. and prayed. See, I'm not saying that the things that are happening are not important. So don't cry. Not what I'm saying. After crying, pray. Make that request. Don't just end up crying. And then you say amen and leave. After crying, your heart was broken. The boy left you. It was a shock. You go to God. Cry. Weep. You have a prayer time of two hours. Weep. As long one hour 55 minutes the five minutes pray and she was still in bitterness of soul and prayed many of us are bitterness of soul and weep we weep there is no faith we end our prayer emotionally start it spiritual end it emotionally at the end of it she was still in bitterness it was still bashing her she didn't have a child. Things were not going right. Her exams were, her father was not being healed. The rent money was not coming. She was still crying to the Lord. The Bible says, and she prayed. This was the first year I prayed. So all the previous years, what was she doing? The Bible gave us the answer. She was only weeping. 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 So you have, you see, every Thursday, I'll give two hours to the Lord. The whole Thursday, week on week, Just like Anna, just like Anna, you go there and you are only weeping. You are only weeping. And you realize that when things happen to us and it bashes us, that is when we seem to be very, very spiritual. I don't know if I'm with you in the church. How many people have ever gotten close to God after a heartbreak before? He was about to raise his hand and he realized that he he has, he has he has not been broken before. But something bad happened. And then you withdraw close to God. What I'm saying is that you go to God and cry. But my point is that, oh, where is that scripture? After your weeping, pray. Someone then asked me, what is the proof that this is the first year that she prayed? The Bible says in the verse number nine, the verse number nine, the proof that this was the first year Anna prayed, despite the fact that she had been going to Shiloh every year. Verse number nine. The Bible says, First Samuel chapter 1, the verse number 9. So, Hannah rose up after she had finished eating and drinking. Now, Ellie was sitting there. Verse number 10. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Verse number 11. She made a vow to the Lord. O Lord of hosts, you let's jump. We'll come there very soon. We'll come there very soon. Verse number 12. Then Ellie looked at her praying. And her mouth was shaking and everything. says, your servant has not drunk. At the end of that prayer, at the end of that prayer, in the verse number 15, in the verse number 15. At the end of that prayer, the verse number 15, Anna answered, no, my servant has not, she's poured out her soul before the Lord. Verse 16, do not consider your servant as a wicked servant and everything. Verse number 17, she was still engaging early right? And Elizabeth, go in peace. Your request has been answered. Verse number 18. That's what I'm looking for. And she said, let your handmaid find favor in the side. So she went her way out of the prayer closet. And the Bible says, her face was no longer sad. She ate. Her face was no longer sad. So she ate. Every year, she went to the prayer room crying with bitterness. She comes out crying, bitterness. People assume it was a spiritual encounter, but she knows that she never encountered God. She never made an audacious request. This time around when she asked God, we'll come there. This time around when she said, Father, give me a son. It was audacious enough that, Father, when you give it to me, I'll give him back to you. That's the weight of the request. That is no longer like I just need a child. Give it to me and let me see. Father, you test me and see. I'll give this child to you. The Bible said, because this time around, she prayed. When she left the presence of God, the Bible said that her face was no longer sad. She now went to eat. Some of you, see, you have to stop your fasting and your prayer because it's a waste of time. You no, know, I'm te- oh, like, okay, maybe bodily exercise, so it's fine. It's fine, so maybe you can continue but it's, it's a waste of time. You are asking God, fasting for a particular thing, and you are heavy in spirit. It's, it's, an, it's a useless venture. It's, it would have been better if you ate, so that at least your body receives strength. And then you open the scriptures and you're just reading, in you know, so that your faith will be built up. So, some of you, when it's time for you to pray and your alarm rings, don't, don't open your mouth. Don't open your mouth. Just take the scriptures. You no. Know, and start reading them. Because your mind is roaming. And the evidence is that after praying for 15 minutes, you pick up your phone. And I tell right there. Autopilot. You scroll through Instagram. Son. You scroll through Facebook. Son. Your hand is just going like this. So. Meanwhile, you are praying. Because you, are, you don't want to engage your mind. You, you don't want to engage your, don't engage your spirit. So it's better you stop. It would have been better, have been you, were better you were sleeping. It would have been better. You were sleeping. It would have been better. You just, you know, pick a sermon. Put everything off. Your prayer time, pick a sermon. And listen to it. Whilst you're not off, but like you're actually listening to it and engaging it, that would be a more spiritual adventure. Than you putting off the fan, putting off the AC, then just going in your monotonous shabada bada, then you check if your voice is going. If your voice is not going, then you change it. Make the Decibels, you know, high, the frequency, low. So that by the time you finish, your voice would have gone. Useless venture. Year on year. The proof that she truly prayed the first time in her life, when she finished praying, she was no longer sad. So I'm not saying that, yeah, if you go to pray and you come back, maybe you are crying. Maybe, you know, I'm saying that maybe, you know, your spiritual level is the weight of the revelation. Maybe, maybe, but I can tell you, 90% of the time, you are just asking God why, why? And you know that God will not usually answer your why. So you are even sad and angry at God. Many of us come to church and say, I receive and I believe. But when you get God there, you tell God your mind. Oh, I don't have a witness like that in the church. If, if, if God ever makes a mistake and and captures you in an encounter and you are face to face with God some of you the things that are hidden, you tell, tell God your mind rise up on your feet the audacious acts the audacious acts now there's one aspect that I didn't come to for you to ever make an audacious request boldly ask God for something. One of the things that the enemy does to weaken our ability to make a bold request is when he plagues us with condemnation, guilt, sin. And then if before, before you come to God, you are wondering, you know. So like you, I'm saying, you want to balance the equation. But the Bible says that there is none, therefore no condemnation. It talks about several things. If you decide to leave the realm of flesh, when we talk about flesh, many of us limited to just bodily zoop zoop zoops. the worst part of it is our emotions that are unchecked you feel angry then you hide it you feel bitter then you hide it you want to tell tell someone your mind uh, you put on a smile and you hide it that is the worst that is the worst of it all so you are unable to make a bold request because the devil would keep reminding you. But the Bible says the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, I believe the verse number one, it says, but the righteous is as bold. So for the qualification for you to be bold, one of it is righteousness. And Jesus Christ gave that as a gift, not on your own account. That because you cannot be righteous by it, so you receive it. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, today, I break every destiny, limitation factor, because I am bold enough to make that request by faith and not by morale and not by morale and not by them I receive the boldness of the righteous I receive the boldness the boldness of the righteous and Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus, anything, anything that weakens, that weakens my righteousness, my righteousness, anything, anything set up, set up by hell, by hell to make me, to make me weak before you, weak before you, Father, take it away, Father, take it away, Father, take it away, Father, take it away. Sometimes. Oh Lord, oh Lord, most of the times, most of the time, oh Lord, oh Lord I am unable, I am unable to, come boldly, to come boldly even to the throne of grace, even to the throne of because grace, because I feel bad. Because I feel bad. I feel condemned. I feel condemned. But your word says, 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 but your word says if I confess, if I confess, you forgive me, you forgive me, Lord. I ask for mercy. Lord, I ask for mercy. 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 Therefore, Therefore Therefore, therefore I am justified I am justified the righteous I am the righteous of the Lord of the Lord I am the righteous of the Lord I am the righteous of the Lord I am the righteous of the Lord the of the Lord Now therefore by the, by the boldness of the tribe of the tribe of the lion of the, lion, of the tribe, of, tribe of, Judah, of Judah, I make a request. <inaudible> <inaudible> in <general> I make a request. This thing this thing, in my life, in my life, this thing this thing, in my family, in my family, by, by, the, power God, by the power of God, I demand, I demand, it let, it go, let, it go, let 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 it go. I demand, I demand, by the boldness, by the boldness of, Christ Jesus. of Christ Jesus, let this thing break, let this thing break. Let addiction break, let this sickness leave, let this pain go let this pain go let this bitterness go let this bitterness go let this pain go let this pain go, Lord your promises to me, today by this word and by the boldness of the righteous, I receive it by faith by faith by faith, by faith by faith, by faith by faith by faith and not my emotions, not by, emotions. By, faith, by faith and not my by mind by faith and not by, my and not by my emotions by faith i receive, I receive it. everything everything that is due me mi- that is due me mi- that is due me mi- that is due me father father every identity every identity that, that, I have, that i have as the big brother as the big brother of the prodigal son, the prodigal son that, that, I house, that i stay in your house with all your benefits, all your benefits but, I but i never ask, ask for, the I want, for, the I want, for the calf i want for the sheep i want for the sheep I want, for the feast i want father the problem, the problem of, the of the prodigal son was not that he asked, was not that he asked but, that he left. but that he left. Father, as the big brother, Father, the big of, brother the of the prodigal son dwelling in your house, in your I, house will I will not make the of mistake not of not asking and be bitter against you. Bitter against I, will you. Bitter against I will not make the mistake, make the of, mistake complaining of complaining to that you that you didn't deal with this, you, you didn't take away this, and be bitter against you. Meanwhile, I never asked. Father, Every identity, every identity every mindset, every mindset of, a of a slave that I have, that I have instead of the, of the mindset of a, of a son, of a son. Oh, Lord, oh Lord take it away take it away take it away by the boldness of the prodigal son, I, I ask this morning oh Lord, oh Lord give me the portion me the of the portion inheritance, inheritance that falls to me falls to by the boldness of Caleb I demand demand, give me this mountain that falls as an inheritance inheritance to me me, and and my generation, I make that audacious. Request oh, request, oh Lord. I make that audacious. That audacious request, oh request, oh Lord. That request might be. Request healing be. healing for, my for my mother. Healing for my father. For my father. Today, I Today I will not cry. Oh, maybe I will cry. But after I cry. Oh Lord, oh Lord. I, make a I make a demand. I make a demand. The thing that has limited me. Has limited in, this me. in this past year. In, past in this past years, oh, oh Lord, I make a demand. let it break, let it break let it break, let it break break. today let it not be recorded that I never asked so I don't have let it not ever be recorded that I don't have because I never asked you said up until now you have asked me nothing, you have asked me nothing but ask and it shall be given that my joy will be full by the boldness of Caleb and, and the boldness of the prodigal son, I, I make a request. The portion of the inheritance, that falls to me. That, to that me, portion, Lord, that portion I specifically ask, ask, specifically ask, ask for, peace, for peace, for money, for, money, for acceptance, acceptance, for admission, Queersdown, for scholarship, scholarship for, healing, for, healing, for healing, for a job, a job for, finances, for finances, for capital, capital for grace, grace for, anointing, for anointing. That portion thataine, of the inheritance, inheritance, that falls for me. I ask, I ask, I I demand I demand, I, demand, I demand, I demand by faith, by faith, by faith I demand, I demand by, faith, by faith, and I receive, I receive, and I receive by, faith, by faith in the name, in the name of, Jesus. of Jesus. Put your hands together and celebrate yes, the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.